0: This is Epicenter, episode 365 with guest Martin Koppelman. Hi, I'm Sebastian Couture and you're listening to Epicenter, the podcast where we interview crypto founders, builders, and thought leaders. On this show, we dive deep to learn how things work at a technical level and we fly high to understand visionary concepts and long-term trends. If you like Epicenter, the best way to support us is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you're on a Mac or iOS device, the easiest way to do that is to go to epicenter.rocks slash Apple. Today, our guest is Martin Kopelman. Martin is the CEO of Gnosis, and he's been on the show – well, this will be his third appearance. He was on the show way back in the early days of Gnosis and about two years ago to talk about DXDAO. Well, he's back on today to talk about another project on which he's working, and that is Circles UBI. Now, you may have heard of Circles UBI. I believe it's one of the most serious attempts in the space to create universal basic income-based economies on, on a blockchain and there's a couple of really unique things about it. First, it's fully decentralized. So it doesn't leverage KYC or any form of identity to prevent against Sybil attacks. And they built in this really interesting and robust trust mechanism where you essentially kind of create webs of trust within the Circles UBI ecosystem. The other interesting thing about it is that it's built on the POA network, which is an Ethereum sidechain, and there are several benefits to doing this. One, well, the transaction fees are very low, they're nearly zero, and transactions settle very fast. And it leverages xDAI, uh, which is one-to-one peg of DAI on POA to achieve stability. Lastly, what I like about this project is the way it's positioned. It doesn't market itself specifically to anyone in crypto, but rather it tries to position itself as an ecosystem and a protocol that can help anyone create and promote a local economy within their community. And I think this is very powerful, and especially in the current context of covid where lots of local businesses are hurting and depending on you know their neighbors and people in their community to you know, shop and consume in in their business and so having this available as a tool at our disposal at society's disposal is really powerful you know in France there are several local currencies that exist all across the country in different communities there's one here in the Paris area but a lot of times I don't think these are very attractive for people to use because they're paper-based mostly. Very few of them have digital payments. And I think for a lot of people, there probably isn't very much of an incentive to use them save for perhaps a discount at local businesses. But you have to buy these currencies. Well, here with a Circles UBI, there's a huge incentive to use it because you essentially get this currency airdropped to your account at a fixed interval. So I'm really glad we finally got Martin on to talk about this and I hope you'll enjoy it. Before we go to the interview, I'd like to tell you about the webinar that Algorand is hosting next week. It's on Tuesday, November 17th, and here you'll learn all the basics of building your own DeFi application on Algorand. What's great about Algorand is that they've built a lot of the primitives that you need to build sophisticated DeFi apps right into the protocol. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that later on during the interview. But if you'd like to sign up, go to algorand.com epicenter And sign up for the webinar next week. And with that, here's Brian and Sunny interviewing Martin Koppelman.
1: Hi and welcome. We're here today with Martin Koppelman, who is on the show, I think, for the third time. He's, of course, the founder of Gnosis, the prediction markets company that we've also had on the podcast before. You know, he's worked on some other things like DXDAO and some trading decentralized exchange technologies with Gnosis, they've worked on the safe. So really quite a lot of different stuff. And he's been, you know, part of the Ethereum community for a long time. I know him from the Bitcoin meetups back in Berlin in 2013, when we started those. And so today we are going to speak about another project that Martin has been working on for a long time. I remember talking with Martin about this, I don't know, probably three years ago or something, so a long time ago. Uh, and this is the idea circles and circles is the idea for having a decentralized basic income project. And yeah, so it's something he's been working on for a long time. I remember working here at full node with uh, some people, small team that had been working on that like two years ago, maybe. So it's it's been germinating for a long time, but now uh circulus has kind of launched and is getting you know some traction, some usage. And so yeah, we wanted to have Martin on to dive into UBI and you know circles in particular and how the project aims to you know create a new economic system. So thanks so much for coming on, Martin.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to the conversation.
1: So let's start at the beginning like why do you find this idea of basic income interesting?
2: There are really, really many reasons. There yeah, are many reasons why you uh, can find basic income uh, interesting. Um, it's enabling human potential, I guess, making the world a better place, making the world a safer place, making the world a more technological advanced place, making the world a more cultural rich place. So yeah, the idea is... Uh, if people don't have to worry about um, their very basic needs and uh, are not trapped in kind of being afraid to, yeah, not being able to pay their food and their rent, that people can, uh, yeah, unleash their potential. And the UBI just seems the best way uh, and the most efficient way um, to do that. Just sets this basic floor uh, where everyone can can stand on and can can thrive above that uh yeah you can have um you can have a competitive economy or you can have market based economy but but yeah there's this this basic floor uh where no one can fall uh below that floor that's roughly the idea of ubi
3: so could you explain like what is a ubi in the first place like how is this different than you know Welfare systems that we already have today in most
2: countries. Yeah. Now, I think I think um, universal basic income UBI uh, the core ideas the core idea is that simply everyone uh, gets it, and it's independent of uh, of your personal situation. So it's not that makes it also very simple to implement it because you don't need any bureaucracy to decide uh, is this person legible. You don't. Uh, have weird rules that sometimes create perverse incentives. Uh, so if you have some, some welfare, sometimes it's, it's a problem to start earning money or s- start working because that at the same time will kind of cut your welfare uh, and it's actually then potentially not even worth it. Uh, so and UBI is just a very, very simple concept of saying uh, everyone gets um, a specific amount probably a month or a week. That that, that doesn't really matter. But um, it's simply continuously paid out to every, yeah, usually citizen as long as, as they are alive.
3: I feel the way you've described, like, the need for UBI comes off as, like, a very sort of utopian vision for it. I, I say this in, like, comparison to, you know, I, I think UBI has become quite a, you know, everyday term now thanks to, like, you know, um, the U.S. presidential candidate, Andrew Yang, kind of like bringing it into the commonplace, at least here in the U.S. But his approach, his seems almost like a more dystopian, like, or like, we need UBI because like, this automation is taking our jobs. And like, we need this to like, survive as a society. Well, you seem to take a much more like, positive, like, okay, even if this automation wasn't an issue, like even in today's world, where there is an abundance of, Jobs, like you still think that the UBI is like a positive force. And so what, what, what is the, can you t- talk a little bit about this?
2: For sure. I mean, I, I see the, the automation as a wonderful thing. So, I mean, it basically means that people are free to do something else. Uh, it's to me absurd that we, that creating jobs is a goal, I mean, like our goal should be to get rid of jobs, to get rid of work. I mean, like uh, <laughs> there is, an, I, I mean, like the idea that we need to find something that people can work—that that seems absurd to me. We need to find, uh, we need to make sure that that we can produce stuff and that we that we get things done that we need to get done. Yeah. But the explicit goal to say, well, we need that a human. Uh, has something that they can spend their time on. That that seems absurd to me. Of course, I understand I understand where, where it's coming from. It's coming from, well, if people don't have an easy or kind of straightforward way to get income and, and so on. So I, I understand that logic. But if you zoom a little bit out, it, it seems really, I mean, crazy to say we need to make sure that there is stuff to do. If we can organize society that uh, less people need to work and everyone gets what they want. That should be great.
1: Yeah, so I saw this video by uh, Bruce Fenton like the other day on uh, Twitter where he he talked about UBI and he thought it was like such an absurd idea because, you know, it would mean giving money to like lazy people or people who are not talented. And it it struck me as such a, like, where is this coming from? Because it seems like a, a strange idea to me in some way. But I think if you're, you know, if you see it as maybe there's more, this like zero sum game and there's a limited amount. And, you know, if you give it to the wrong people, then you kind of end up in this bad situation, then I kind of understand how this makes sense. But if you, if you think of the world more one where there is this like abundance and there is actually enough, then it just seems like it would be such a great thing if you can have this basic level sort of distributed to everyone so yeah I, mean, I think it's it's such a great vision
2: i mean also also one way to look at it is what i mean if you if you say well you shouldn't give it uh, you shouldn't give it to those people, so what is the consequence i mean like let's be radical here in in our thoughts at least and say, what should be the consequence? should those people die then i mean of course no one should die, and no one should uh they, they will not uh, no one will disappear no one no one should die no one should uh and not have enough to eat, so somehow, and, and and this is by true already. So everyone, or base almost everyone living in, in in the US, living in Europe, somehow has an income. So so it is already whatever the source is, but but people are usually not uh, starving and are usually not dying because they can't get an income. So they they um, they get an income. So the difference is, it's of course not unconditional. So. Uh, right now to get this income you need to do things you need to to work and basically what a basic income is doing is it's not even uh, changing the fact that 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 everyone gets at least this this yeah basic income it just changes the fact that they get it everyone gets it unconditional so yes, you are indeed taking away power from people who have money um so they have obviously Everyone who has money has now less power over people who have no money because now everyone has some money. And basically the basic income gives you the option to say no. Uh, so it gives you the option to, yeah, if, if, if a job is offered to to negotiate, uh, you have a better, uh, better bargaining position. But, yeah, again, the the people have incomes already.
3: One of the, like, very interesting things about UBI is it, it it seems to have, as, like, a political goal, is it seems to have pretty wide support from, like, all different, so- like, spectrums of the political spectrum. Like, you know, libertarians see it as, like, this way of, like, simplifying the welfare system. I feel like a lot of free market people see this as a way of, like, encouraging entrepreneurship. So I, I think it's a very interesting, like, thing that like, kind of breaks past the traditional, like, socialism capitalism divide that we normally see in like political debates
1: and what's with ubi of course often right when like you know often people think of it in the context of like a nation state right and where it's going to be funded through taxation you know like what do you think are the pros and cons of that versus you know this uh, more circles approach of trying to build something that's, you know, global and decentralized
2: and where you're kind of like printing this new coin. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I have definitely no issues with the nation nation issued uh, UBI. And of course I would uh, encourage that. And luckily uh, several states are, yeah, I mean, softly moving in this direction or at least talking about it. So it's, it's not, not anymore something that's uh, unthinkable. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's exciting that, well, we have now technology to coordinate humans and, uh, yeah, do things without nation states. So one way to look at circles is simply to say, well, we can get there quicker. Um, We can just do it ourselves in a way. Uh, But another way to look at it is also, yeah, I do have uh, my skepticism towards nation states. So, kind of, at least my, in my personal experience, the way my life works, states play only probably a weird role because kind of my connections are definitely not uh, along uh, nation borders. So, uh, the way I, the, the people I interact with are definitely not uh, kind of only people in Germany or something like that. So, it does make sense to me. Um, to also organize organize something like a UBI across those personal connections that exist instead of uh, those artificial nation borders.
0: Algorand's running a free webinar to teach developers how they can use the platform to build sophisticated applications for use cases like crowdfunding, asset tokenization, supply chain management, and even gaming applications. You'll learn how to get started with the command line tools and use the SDK and REST APIs. You'll also learn about the Algorand Foundation's grant program and additional funding opportunities that the Algorand ecosystem has to offer. So if you're building on a blockchain protocol that has unfeasibly high transaction fees and doesn't provide the speed you need, or if you work for a large enterprise or financial institution and are interested in learning how to build applications that could integrate in your current technology stack, or if you have no blockchain experience at all and just are looking to take that first step into something new, well, this webinar could be for you. Visit Algorand.com slash epicenter to sign up. Once again, it's free and it's happening on November 17th. But if you're listening to this after that date, no worries. You can still go to that page and watch the
1: replay. We'd like to thank
0: Algorand for their support of the podcast.
1: So maybe before we go into like understanding circles a little bit and you know the the circles idea. You know what do you hope will be the on on the on the kind of like the broadest level that you can think like and if circles like fully succeeds, what do you hope the impact on the world will be?
2: Well, the hope of of, of UBI uh, or the hopes of UBI are uh, well get rid of poverty again have um, technological adv- advancements because uh, more people can uh, can kind of take risks uh, be entrepreneurs. So yeah, I think the the picture you c- could paint is is, is pretty. It might be pretty amazing uh, what what could come out of UBI. Yeah.
1: Cool. Okay. Well, then let's let's dive into circles. So, like, how? I mean, the idea, of course, is to reach uh, many people here, and so many, of course, also means many like non crypto people. And blockchain systems are often hard to understand for non-crypto people. So, like in your efforts to like onboard people onto circles, like how do you explain the system?
2: Yeah, I mean that is indeed something uh, that varies very much from uh, from uh, who you are talking to. But one way is to describe circles as a tool to give. Uh, communities or groups of people, yeah, this tool to give each other uh, a UBI, to organize uh, yeah, within a group a UBI. That's one way to describe it. Another way to describe it is to say, let's look at money and um, let's say we can take an existing money system, yeah, the dollar, the euro, whatever, um, and build a UBI on top. So we could have a state, yeah, the state organizes and builds the UBI on top. Or, uh, if we want this UBI anyhow, we could already bake it into the money system. So we could, yeah, just have a money that has the UBI, uh, yeah, directly implemented. And that, and then the third narrative is from probably those who come, yeah, more from from the Bitcoin world, for example, or that at least know Bitcoin. Here, the story goes: Well, Bitcoin showed it is possible to. Um, yeah, to to design money, I guess. Or Bitcoin showed to the world that money in itself is not a neutral thing. Instead, money is something with choices and kind of, or well, there's an agreement about how it works and and that is not neutral. So uh, the money system contains specific values or potentially prefers some people over others. And that is the third way to look at circles to say just we want money, but we want to design fair. We want to design the money that uh, no one is specifically preferred. And I think Bitcoin did that already to a large degree uh, in the sense that uh, it took away a lot of or almost all political power from from the money system. So no one in Bitcoin has political power over Bitcoin. But you can argue in a specific sense, it was not very fair. It heavily, heavily favored uh, early adoption. So uh, like if you if you look globally at Bitcoin, or if you would see, well, let's let's imagine there's an island and there are 100 people on this island and they kind of somehow agree to what money should we use? And let's say two people on this island have an asset and only they have it, and they say, okay, look, everyone, um, there's only a limited supply and no one controls it. Let let's use this asset as the money, and they try to convince the other 99, this is it. Um I mean that's basically how the situation today globally is on Bitcoin. So there is are those two people, like on the global scale, basically the one those who hold Bitcoin today, and they are trying to convince the other ninety-eight. Uh yeah, that's that's yeah, what that we all so should use. By the way, we already <laughs> hold ninety uh, percent of the tokens, but well, still I mean you had your chance. You you could have uh, joined earlier. So in a way, circles or that's again third way to look at circles is to say, well, we want this fair money. But we want to make it also fair in yeah in, in in more dimensions, so process of minting new money is first of all, yeah everyone benefits from that and not even just like in in space, so kind of across like uh, across the whole world and not just in one area uh, but also in time, so also kind of the next generation of people who are born tomorrow um they are also uh yeah kind of benefiting from from uh, this money creation process or the, yeah, money minting in a way. Yeah, that's another way to look at Circles. How do you drive adoption
3: here? Like, you know, I, without naming names, you know, I kind of uh, asked one of my friends, like, hey, have you checked out Circles yet uh, a couple of weeks ago? And he's like, eh, you know, can I make a lot of money off of this? Not really. So I'm not really, you know, I'm not really going to bother. And so the the money making opportunity for like early adopters of cryptocurrencies was a large part of its like rapid adoption. And so, how do you do that here in circles without that sort of property?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I mean there there are two sides to circles. Uh, so the one side is somewhat fairly easy to say. Well, I also want free tokens or free money, <laughs> so that doesn't require a big. Uh, a big um, kind of yeah, convincing people. But of course, that's not it. Uh, the, the second step is absolutely um, required uh, that there are people who give or offer something uh, for circles. And, um, and basically, in a way, take on risk with circles by like if, if you give out stuff and you kind of accept then this currency, of course, or just whatever you call it. Uh, of course, you then have the risk. Well, is this anything worse? Can I uh, can I get something back in return? And here the idea is that you yourself uh, have to some extent a, a very very clear interest to signal that your personal currency. And we will, I guess, we will come into this. But not every circle is equal. But that at least yours is worth something, uh, and that uh, because if if that is not the case. You will have issues um, that, that that people will trust your money, and um, and that will also mean that you cannot um, spend your money. So you need to be, to some extent, credible in the, uh, or other people would need to think that you are also willing to uh, potentially give something for the money. Otherwise, they will not trust your money and not accept it. Okay. So
3: I think maybe to understand this better, we need to start to dive deep into the technicals of how circles work. So. Can you explain to the you know you mentioned this uh personal money and stuff could you talk us through how this works
2: Right so exactly so circles is um yeah we be calling the whole system circles but there is no such thing as one circle coin or kind of token or uh but instead uh, everyone individually um yeah kind of issues their own um personal Personal tokens. So as soon as you um, join the system, you can immediately start uh, issuing your yeah your own personal tokens. So well, let's call mine Martin circles, and you are uh, constrained in like how fast you can issue them. So that is uh, the same for everyone. So globally, uh, the issuance rate is fixed uh, on a, on a specific schedule, right? But 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 then they are um, uh, everyone has their own two. But then for the user, or um, we largely abstract away from that. So uh, kind of if you are not super, if you don't want to understand it fully, circles will look like in, in many cases that, that they are, um, you, you don't need to think about those differences. And that comes from uh, the trust networks. So what does it mean? So people can trust each other. And if they trust each other, they yeah, in a way, verify each other or kind of agree with each other that they are both, yeah, using circles. And on a technical level, trusting someone means you are willing to exchange their circles for your circle one-to-one. And um, real technical, so trust is is directional, so that doesn't need to go both ways. But in the normal case, it would go both ways. So if I trust uh, Brian, it means, again, I accept uh, his circles in exchange, or I'm always willing to exchange mine. And that is also how the system can scale. So, or first of all, in general, the idea is that you only accept circles from people you trust. Talking later, this is also how we address the Sybil attack problem, but yeah, you only accept circles from people you trust, but it doesn't mean you can only interact with people or I mean, that, that would be a shitty money system if, if you can only like buy a coffee uh, from someone where there is already a trust connection. So what those trust connections allow are um, transitive connections. So yeah, if I trust Brian and, or we, we trust each other and then uh, Brian trusts again someone and again someone and, and then this someone is running a coffee shop and I go there and want to buy the coffee, the idea is... Well, I pay them with circles and they would not accept mine because they don't know me. They don't trust me. They don't accept my circles. But again, there is this path. So I can, under the hood, again, this is all abstracted from the user, can be abstracted. I send my circles to Brian, can exchange them for Brian's circles. Brian is forwarding or without his interaction because he already generally agreed to this um, trust connection is forwarding his tokens and again is forwarding his tokens. So as long as there is a trust connection um, and this connection needs to be liquid, that's a um, small detail that's important, then I can pay, uh, yeah, whomever. And this whomever is then receiving circuits from someone they directly know or they directly uh, trust.
3: An analogy here, you know, maybe to for people to... Understand it, it's similar to Lightning Network in that sense, like this, like trust network where, but inside on, on, on Lightning, it's every channel has the same token, which is Bitcoin. Here, it's every channel is about a personal token, essentially.
2: Exactly, but but yeah, the concept is the same. Or uh, for for people who are even longer around, uh, origin the original concept of, of Ripple was also uh, very, very similar. I'm not sure kind of how much Ripple today has, but yeah. Uh, Interledger sort of is, I I think, the uh, uh, continuation
3: of that original Ripple, that idea. Also, there's a project, Trustlines, in the Ethereum space. Exactly. I, I think what's an interesting, another way to think of it in the Ripple or Trustlines context is Interledger, Ripple, it was about taking debt. In Interledger, it's basically... We keep this channel open between us where we say, hey, I owe you uh, 0.1 Bitcoin, I owe you 0.2 Bitcoin, I owe you 0.3 Bitcoin. And then we can settle up at some point in the future. Here, it's almost like everyone gets the right, like as a human being, you get the right to issue a certain amount of unbacked debt
2: per time period for the, the rest of your life. Exactly so, so uh, I mean there are also voices um, to say uh, circuits is a mutual credit system and it is like it, is a, it would be a different way uh, to look at it. So if I have um, 100 circles, um, or let, let's say that's purely my, my UBI that was issued to me so my yeah, as you called it my right to produce debt. I could also say this is actually zero. So everyone is at zero in the beginning, but everyone has a specific credit limit. Uh, and, and let's say that's, that's 100 units. So everyone would be at zero. And as soon as, well, but but I can go up to minus 100. So I can also, or one way to look at it is I have 100 units at this moment that I can spend. And well, now I spent uh, those 100 units. Now I, I'm at minus 100 and you might be, at plus hundred, and it's just in a way a different view on the same data. To say everyone is at one hundred, and now I'm at zero, and you are at two hundred. What's of course the difference is how, to what extent, is there the expectation from me if I'm at either zero or minus hundred to uh, to pay it back? And if if I'm at minus hundred, that the minus already expresses this expectation that eventually I should go go back to zero. Uh, With circles, that expectation is to a lesser degree there. Uh, And and that's really also about, yeah, the the social contract um, of UBI. So in general, UBI says, yeah, you can, it's unconditional, so universal, so you don't have to do anything. But of course, the whole system can only work uh, if enough people, well, do something or, or give value uh, into the system. The question is just: Does it help to um, yeah to kind of have uh, in the traditional financial system to have um, the obligation to, to pay back the debt, and, and kind of worst case you need to go to jail uh, or stuff like that? Or uh, is there enough intrinsic motivation from people to well later produce just out of their intrinsic motivation value and, and do do things? And of course then. Uh, offer those things um, um, to circuits, uh, uh, also for, for for circuits or for, for money in general.
1: One question that kind of came up for me thinking in this like uh, trust context. So if, if UBI, one of the ideas of UBI is also that you, you know, like everyone has access to it, right? And in this case, you have this requirement that you actually have existing people trusting you first. So, do you think this discriminates, or is this like a problem for people who are like like more marginalized, or is it just that okay, you have to cross this low threshold, but you know, once it's crossed, it's sort of people are kind of equal.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that that is a good point, and that is a fair criticism we are uh, sometimes facing, and it really depends on, um, yeah, I guess the social consensus of. How this play out. So indeed it could play out that uh, people only trust each other or kind of um, in a way enters this agreement, or you can see circles as some form of, of agreement. And you could imagine a world where people only do that. I only trust people where I know, okay, they are, I don't know, wealthy and uh, they, they will very likely produce something. Um, yeah. Something valuable. Um, but there is also um this element, if the social consensus shifts towards more UBI, so then the UBI narrative prevails or kind of yeah wins, and it becomes just the default behavior if, if you say, yeah, um, they are human and they are in my network uh, and I trust them, or th- that that's why I trust them, and others do this as well, then the tokens, the individual tokens become much more fungible because if if many people, uh, or at least within an, within a um, yeah kind of uh, within a specific area or within yeah kind of locally bound but if many people like just have together the default behavior they trust everyone who is also part of this social network or is part of this place or group then yeah again the, the tokens become much more fungible because uh, now i suddenly have some uh, some tokens let's say like just to go the example from this whatever, poor person that I never expect to, to provide anything useful. Uh, but since everyone else in my group is also trusting them, those circles are not only backed by this person individually, but by its network. So uh, so if everyone kind of agrees to the scheme in a way, uh, well, yeah, that, that is money uh, and I can spend it within this network, um, then I don't care too much uh, what this spe- specific person might offer or not offer. It's, it's really then the network that, uh, yeah, kind of um, carries uh, people along within their network.
3: Can you uh, talk a little bit about how Sybil
2: accounts are dealt with or handled in this system? Yeah, exactly. So that is, again, another uh, another perspective or to, to look at circles is that there are actually plenty or at least five to ten Blockchain UBI projects that all have that that, that shared goal. Uh, let's just issue tokens and and, and give it out um, per person. And as you're hinting, your question is hinting to the big problem each of those projects face is a civil attack, or kind of who decides who can who can join the network, and how do you prevent someone from just creating a hundred accounts? Uh, and some, or the other, some of the other projects then tried to come up with, yeah, you need to kind of upload your photo or do do some some KYC or whatever. Uh, but circles tried to stay, yeah, completely um, decentralized, so have no no central authority whatsoever that kind of decides uh, who can join. But again, relies on on this trust network. So again, how is it solved, or how does it address the the civil problem? it boils down really to the social consensus that you only should trust a person once. (laughs) So if I kind of somehow, uh, well, potentially go on Twitter, but or just in my network to people I know, the social, the strong social consensus needs to be, I can create a circuits account, but only one. And as soon as someone would... um, yeah, would, would misbehave. Uh, people should not trust uh, that person or at the very least, uh, well, kind of only, only um, one of those accounts. What happens if someone does that? So or let, let's say uh, I'm trying to cheat. So you guys uh, are trusting me with, with, with my real account. Uh, and, and, and that's all fine. But then now I cheat in addition. So I create 100, uh, 100 circles accounts and I trust all of them. And kind of those 100, they trust all each other and so on. The important thing now to understand is as long as no real person is trusting those those 100 fake accounts, those 100 fake accounts can spend a small amount within the real network, let's say, with with Sunny, because they are connected to me and I'm connected uh, to Sunny. So this fake person can take their fake tokens, send them to me, and I send the real tokens, my real tokens to you, and you are happy uh, accepting them. But that only works until I run out of uh, real margin tokens, because then... The fake tokens, yeah, I mean, there, there is no, so no, no no liquid trust connection anymore. So all I got was that I now have the, the fake token from, from my own fake accounts, and they are not worth anything. So I didn't got any advantage uh, by, by doing that. And again, the system boils down to as long as people don't uh, trust fake accounts, they are not affected by fake accounts.
1: Right. So basically you have almost, if you think of in this terms in this network topology, right? Like, let's say you're a real account and then you're connected with other real yes. accounts and you're connected with like some fake accounts that then, you know, maybe there's a big swarm of lots of fake accounts. The thing when they kind of, they can only go through you. Exactly. And sort of like, steal money through through this, you know, this one channel there is, and that has this throughput limit, right? Which is kind of the circles you have. So exactly. yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? And I think that's a, it's a very elegant, yeah, it's an elegant solution.
3: How do I detect that there are like someone has a civil account? So let's say I have like, you know, multiple groups of friends that are somewhat, you know, isolated. I go with my... You know, football friends, and you know, I make an account with them, get them all to trust me, and then I go with my like crypto friends and have them make an account and all trust me. How would these two groups even be able to realize that there I have a, a duplicate account?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I would I wouldn't make the claim that that is impossible. Specifically, if you indeed would have kind of two completely uh, distinct or like yeah, completely non-overlapping networks but i would claim a most people kind of the, the networks are somewhat overlapping they are not kind of clearly separated that's point a and point b most people don't screw or don't want to screw kind of their people they, are, they have a personal and direct uh, relationship or kind of kind of their friends so uh yeah i mean circles does assume uh, some form of honest behavior within friends but that being said, the the damage that like if if one out of hundred people or one out of thousand people uh, does that anyhow and kind of might even succeed with that, uh, the damage to the whole system is is or I mean that wouldn't be a problem. It's basically like a, like maybe half a percent of all money is um, counterfeit.
3: Would it be helpful though to do something like if let's say my address on the chain? was like the hash of my legal name plus my birthday or something. So that way when you know Brian comes along and says like, hey, here's this new I just made a new account, I can take his name and his birthday, hash them and see that, hey, why is there already an account here?
2: That is something we left open to a large degree because we think those are social norms that will evolve and we don't exactly predict how they evolve. So currently we, we see really different behaviors. So one is obviously like your, your Twitter account is like, if you tweet it publicly, then it's, well, then it's already harder for you to, if you use your normal normal like face and normal name on Twitter, then it's already pretty hard to say, uh, to, to kind of deny that or to, to then create a second account. That That's one way. But another way is, uh, again, there are those much more local and much more non-blockchain or but very specifically in Berlin, we have we have groups where people just meet in person, and and uh, and it's it's much more uh, personal, and and yeah, there there is this community where people know each other, and uh, again, I, I think um, the likelihood that someone tries to fraud that or fraud really the f- people they are directly interacting with seems reasonably low.
1: Regarding this throughput notion, I mentioned before. So is it the case that basically you know this throughput limit that each user has then also grows proportionally because they get you know every day they get more circles and do you think that's a significant factor? Or-
2: yeah, I mean the the, the the throughput limit. I mean there are, again different ways to look at it. You can say the well, total amount of circles you get, or as Sunny mentioned earlier, the total amount of debt you are allowed to create. Yeah, of course the idea is. That that continuously increases over time. One thing to note is trust connections. Or if, if we're again looking at this, this um, attack uh, scenario, well, you can cancel trust connect, trust connections. So, well, if if you feel like you are kind of drained, or the the, the circles are just always drained immediately as uh, is, is the throughput or kind of as new circuits are issued, for some reason, you always end up with those circuits and you can never spend them anywhere. Um, then it might happen that you kind of talk to the person, well, why can't I spend them any, anywhere? Is, why is no one else trusting you? Uh, why are you not offering anything? You know, an earlier version of the
3: paper, I remember there was like this concept of validators, and it's very different than like, it's not like the same thing as like proof of stake validators. It's a very, but then I noticed it was actually removed in the latest version of the paper. So could you tell us a little bit about
2: what that was and why that was removed? Yeah. So, uh, so those are are things. So there were two concepts of validators and groups. Um, Those were just two things that are possible uh, to build on top. And we just decided, okay, let's, let's, have the pure, the purest uh, kind of basic version, and and uh, if needed or if wanted, uh, we can build those things uh, on top. And those are ideas uh, to make it more practical um, for businesses to yeah uh, to some in some form accept circles. So if we look at at a business, uh, it's not obvious. Like even if they want to accept circles, then let's put for for a moment aside where would they want and so on. But if they want to accept circles, then the question is what circles do they actually um, uh, accept? So they could say, yeah, only the circles of the business owner. Well, I mean that that would be problematic because there are only so and so many circles, so kind of the total the total amount of circles they could even potentially receive uh, is is limited. So somehow they need to decide what circles they they accept so maybe even in other words whom step they are willing to to accept and and here uh, yeah there is the con- the concept or there can be a concept of of validators or you could even call it like lists or something like that so somehow there is a process to to get onto a specific list and the list or one list could be maintained by well, you need to show your real address. You need to live in a specific country or in a specific area, and you need to to show your ID or whatever. And if you do that, you are on this list. And then, um, kind of a business could subscribe to such a list or validator and say, "Well, everyone, everyone who is who's part of this list, uh, all of those circles, I accept." And again, as a next step, that wouldn't mean that only people who are on those on this list can can buy uh, or can spend their circles. Uh, but at least you need to be connected. Uh, you, you need, again, to have this liquid connection to someone who is, who is on this list. So, yeah, I do actually uh, imagine that, um, yeah, that those those concepts will, or the, that that will happen. Another way to think of these lists would be, would they kind of be like
3: these giant uh, curve finance style pools like, you know, here's a list of all these people who are approved and, you know, it's this, and you can just swap in any of them for any of them. That can kind of like massively increase the ability to pay for anyone who's on that list, right? Who's in that pool?
2: I mean, in a way, the trust network is already this um, kind of, um, what well, gives you already the ability to exchange uh, across um, a pool or in a graph. So Circle's should or kind of in a densely connected uh, in a densely connected network, all circles are basically equal because you can exchange or you find a path from any circles uh, to every uh, other circles. But but if there are kind of more those, those local groups that are not uh, and, and the graph is, is is more loosely connected, yeah, then then uh, some connections might dry out of uh, uh, dry out of liquidity. But to from from the business perspective, it's not yeah really about. It's not really about uh, being able to exchange those, but it's just a question, which are they willing to hold? So which, uh, what's in a way, again, debt or what What risk? Or to some extent, you can say holding money is a risk, the risk of will you ever get something in return uh, for it? I mean, this is also, it's its, it's amazing how much trust we have uh, today in our dollars or, or, or euros. So we we don't even think about that that way that, uh, if if we are selling something, we are already taking the risk because we are already giving away the good and we just received this, this this paper or maybe not even paper in the hope that uh, that we will eventually uh, get something for it. Of course, we have so much trust uh, in, in, in money that we don't perceive it as a risk uh, to sell something and to receive money. But yeah, uh, in, in, in principle, it is a risk to accept money. <laughs> you know, kind of like
3: speaking of AMMs, like so far, we've been kind of assuming that anyone who's like on a trust path is willing to do a swap like one to one. Like, you know, I'll take Martin token and send Brian some Sunny token one to one. Like, so far, there's been this assumption that trust is like a very binary thing. In the real world, it's, I feel it's not always as binary. Like, you know, if there's one token that I'm accepting, you know, maybe that's okay, but then if I'm expected to extend $10,000, then, you know, there's a higher default risk and stuff. And so does it make sense to, like, have some sort of fees? People who are along the payment path, they take fees and, like, using some sort of, like, bonding curves or AMM kind of stuff to, like, account for this increased default risk as the amounts go up?
2: Yeah, so that can make sense. Um, you can one, one way to look at it is also to say... Uh, if there are like 3 or 4 different passes you should choose uh, the short, the shortest and um and currently there is not really a, or i mean currently it wouldn't matter even a long pass uh, doesn't really cost you anything um so there are arguments clearly um for such a system but there is at least one point where i would yeah argue against or or at least that's not my idea of circles is one way to interpret circles could be, yeah, it's really this personal, personal tokens. And that's, that's almost like equity in that person. So, so you say kind of, well, how much will this person probably kind of produce or do in the future? And kind of depending on, and how educated or whatever, whatever kind of, uh, that that could be one, one way to look at circles, but it's definitely not the way I yeah look at circles or I, I would like to see circles. So, I would definitely like to see more of this perspective of uh, UPI. Uh, and in that sense, trust is fairly binary because you can fairly binary say, is that a real person or not? Um, there's not too much room in between. Here's a little bit of a weird question, which is so
3: far we've talked, you know, we, we've determined that this system is good in, like fair over time because as people are born, you know, they can join the system. What happens when people die? If I die tomorrow, sunny tokens are already all throughout the network, and more sunny tokens are keeping minted because my account is still existing on chain. So how do we deal with this?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, good question. So there can be different social social consensus around um, how to deal with that. But the idea I would strongly advocate for is, first of all, of course, you're minting should stop. And we have already implemented that to some extent in circles because there is simply this this dead man switch or kind of this this concept that if you don't poke your account at least every three months, then it will stop or then you will not be able to any, uh, yeah, you you would basically need to create a new account uh, after that. So that problem is to some extent solved. That
1: means like I have this circle account, you know, I'm accumulating my circle. I have this like trust network then I'm going six months on I don't know backpacking around the world and then my account is is gone
2: uh, right now yes so right now it means like if you if you for three months don't uh, do, don't do anything, yeah again your account is not gone but it can't issue issue any any more circuits. so what you would need to do is you would need to create a new account and basically tell all your friends. Sorry, uh, you can see here's my old account. It's frozen. So uh, you can now securely trust the new account and know you can still trust the old account and you should because um, those Brian circles should still be valid but uh, they would then also need to trust the new account if, if they want to give you, well, kind of, yeah, accept you going forward.
1: Okay. So, so I would still have the coins, the old coins, exactly, I would, but exactly. I would need to create a new account to like start printing again or minting.
2: Yeah. I, I mean like, like te- technically speaking, an account is well, a smart contract wallet and uh, it's it's just a also safe actually, but, so, so that, that you still have access access to, and and all the all the tokens that are in there, you still have access to. But uh, again, the the um, yeah the the minting contract uh, will simply not allow any minting in the future more anymore.
1: Why not just let people kind of like reactivate the account?
2: To some extent, it addresses uh, Sunny's question about like what what is it if people die. But to some extent, it also uh, deals with the problem: what if I lost my account? So um if i if i just lost my key uh i mean kind of any form of reactivation is of course problematic because i mean who 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 is allowed to do that and and and, and so on so if you lost the key uh and there is no central authority well it's a general problem but in circles the simple answer would be well you should create a new account and now but you now you need to go to to the people that previously trusted you and say, please now trust my new account. And to do that, it's kind of a necessary or it's it, it almost a necessary yeah, condition that they can be assured that your previous account cannot be get like suddenly suddenly mint tokens again and now you, you get it twice. So for you to kind of clearly say, see it's safe, this old one is, is deactivated, please do the new one, uh, it's, yeah. So one of the uh,
3: things about the economics of circles is that the, you know, we have this sort of, I forgot what the exact rate was, but I'm getting like, you know, maybe 200 circles a month or something. As there's more circles being printed, this is sort of causing this inflation. And that means like the real value of the UBI over time is actually decreasing because if there's only 200 circles being printed per month, how do we make sure the UBI keeps up to pace with like inflation.
2: Yeah. So exactly. So there is. So if the uh, if the issuance rate would be fixed, uh, and currently it starts at eight circles um, a day. Uh, so yeah, to forty roughly a month. Uh, and if that would be fixed, uh, then indeed, as you said, kind of the total amount of money in circulation, giving a constant population, would yeah continuously increase over time. But you could then argue the relative amount that's kind of newly minted um, or given out as a UBI would, relative to the total amount, actually converge over a long time towards zero. Uh, so in a way, you could argue the inflation would go towards zero. That could potentially mean that the UBI also, the value of the UBI goes uh, towards zero, at least over a long, long time, time scale. And it would also raise again this, this, this fairness point. So, like future generations would say, "Well, why would I kind of accept all those old circles uh, compared to me getting 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 very little?" So, I mean, like taken to the extreme, let's say, two hundred years. Why should I kind of be it relevant that that two hundred years ago someone lived and, and and issued circles, and why should I uh, kind of honor that in a way? So. Circles addresses this, and um, and there's, there's a nice uh, concept behind it from another project called Duniter, relative uh, theory of money. Circles addresses that by yeah, simply increasing the the UBI by seven percent uh, by seven percent a year. So in year one, it's eight units per day. In year two, it's uh, eight units plus seven percent, uh, and so on and so on. So that means that the rate of new ubi uh, will actually stabilize compared to the existing total yeah money mass given a given a fixed uh, population at by the way more or less exactly those uh, those uh, 7% that number is actually not too far away from from money we are very used to uh, and that is the, the us dollar so if you simply look at uh, at the mo- monetary mass uh, M one, and you look at the last fifty years, uh, I think the the uh, the increase of of monetary mass or to- to- total dollars in circulation increased roughly by that seven percent. I think it's slightly less six six percent per year.
1: Cool. Well question that kind of relates to this topic of, you know, how much is this money worth and maybe how does it relate to like, you know, different people in, in a different times and contexts. So I, a lot of these graphs, right, are kind of going to be local. I, I mean, at least it seems like that from the way you envision it, or it could turn out that way. At the same time, there's this idea that, you know, like one circle, they all have the same value. So how do you see that like playing out if you're going to have, you know, like some circles, you know, network that, you know, trusting each other in, um, in some maybe poor place in Kenya versus, you know, in Berlin, some communities, you know, will those circles, ha- do you think they will have different values in their local context?
2: Yeah, so that really depends on how strongly um, yeah, two graphs or yeah, two, two graphs are connected. If there are 100 people uh, in, in one, like, let's say in Berlin, and everyone is connected with everyone there, uh, it's clear that all those circles are basically fungible and, and will, will have um, the same value. Now, in another place, again, another 100 people are all connected with each other, um within this context within this space all those circles are uh, will have the same value now let's assume just one uh, or just out of out of those two groups there's one one trust connection so kind of out of this one group and out of group 2 uh, those two people uh, trust each other so now for a very very limited capacity there is the capacity uh, to flow for for value to flow one to one but then of course uh, it could happen that this flow kind of dries out and that would be simply if anyone out of this group make, makes a purchase or kind of uh, in, in, in in the other group, then yeah, money flows out of this group to the other group, but then this connection is um, yeah dried out or any more money cannot flow. And with, with, which effectively means that the two groups are basically disconnected uh, at this point. So, and if they are disconnected, of course, then, then value, or, or then, then of course they would have effectively um, different values. If the groups are like more and more, then somehow somehow connected, and and more and more people connect with each other, again the value would also then uh, equal.
1: Well, one question I'm curious about. You know, you've worked a lot on DAOs, and you know the some of the these ideas of DAOs to you know enable like mass collaboration with like many many people. Now, of course, this in a way is about creating this web community of people, all with you know crypto keys. So, do you see circles turning into like some kind of DAO, and like how what what? Potential outcomes there.
2: I would not necessarily say Circles itself uh, would turn into a DAO, but clearly we are already working on yeah, basically a Circles DAO, basically a DAO that has the goal to to yeah bring bring Circles forward. But I would be very very uh, cautious, or I, simply that's the direction. I would not want to give that DAO in some form power over Circles. So it's a core element of Circles that it is. Uh, that there is no no governance so
1: so you see that's like a it's a protocol that's like defined and that's not going to change
2: well, I mean I mean there is a lot of going to change in at the edges, so basically in the kind of all all the parts that is part of the social consensus of should I form a trust connection uh, or not, that is largely undefined, and that is that is part in a way where where governance happens. The very core rules are really minimal. Probably the only parameter um, that is that is something that is uh, yeah kind of worth discussing uh, is the or that, that could be um, a thing where people might have different opinions about is, is this is seven percent. Other than that, for example, whether the issuance rate is eight or a or hundred, that, that doesn't really matter because uh, I mean you can if, if you say the issuance rate should be one, well just create an interface and and call it one. Or basically just create an alternative interface where you where you um, say kind of this is one unit you get um per day. It's just a different view on the on the same graph. Yeah I think that's really cool. One more comment um it is indeed <laughs> a nice side effect of circles. Uh, also to, towards your DAO question, it is a, neat, a nice side effect of circles that you suddenly create so this public, public peer-to-peer graph where everyone has a private key. Uh, <laughs> that alone is uh, is is something useful. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there are plenty of applications uh, that can benefit or that, that that could kind of use this trust graph. Yeah, kind of as a basis to get started. So you could imagine a rating system. So anyone can uh, kind of add a rating to the system, but of course then you have the civil attack problem, and I think that is a real problem uh, today in today's world uh, with with comments, with ratings, whatever. They get spammed by by bots, but if you if you filter it through this trust graph and say basically, um, yeah, just just. I follow the edges from from. I have this local view or this um, uh, relative view from from my own perspective, and I kind of weight ratings, comments, whatever it is, based on this graph. Uh, yeah, that that is a powerful powerful tool in itself. Yeah, this is um,
3: really cool because i actually going to ask just about that next. And how I actually first came upon circles two years ago was. Exactly that. I wrote a rating system for Open Bazaar that uh, used like a web of trust reputation system and on, on Ethereum. And then one of the problems was how do we get how do we incentivize people to actually like make the trust connections? I couldn't see any reason why people would be incentivized to do that in the first place. But what's cool? Then I came upon circles, and I'm like, oh wait, this is so cool because this has this is basically an incentivization for building up a social graph. And then I can, my system can like bootstrap off of that social graph. And so that's what, that kind of got me super excited. And like, you know, these kind of trust graphs can be used for like PGP, like all sorts of cool things that like, I'm a big fan of like reputation systems and, and web of trust as like, probably one of the most secure civil resistant mechanisms, probably even more so than like proof of stake. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about this kind of stuff. So the next question, though, is like taking it to like, the real world side is how do we like drive demand for this? And when when we say this is a UBI, this is meant to be this like sort of parallel economy. We're not going to see like hyper or or anything. If I'm a merchant, how do I even know how to start accepting circles and how to price my things in circles?
2: The best route will be, and, and that is what we are currently uh, preparing is have local groups it does for sure make make uh, make most sense um, in in a local context to so have a group of of people in the same uh, physical place that together want uh, to start circles and by the way we already have uh, we are starting this, this list and we i think we have 80 or 90 people or places that said yeah I want to start circles in Venezuela I want to start circles in Buenos Aires in Shenzhen and whatever really really all 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 over the world. So that's the way to go to kind of organize uh, locally. Our slogan is also kind of build your uh, local economy. One really nice story I already have, or we already have, uh, was someone who said, Yeah, I'm, I'm a small landlord in uh, Cadiz, in Spain. Uh, and I have here a few shops uh, in my building. And because of Corona, they are struggling uh, to pay the rent. So what I did is I said, okay, you can pay part of uh, of the rent in circles, under the condition that you then in your shop uh, accept circles, and of course those are kind of the perfect, yeah, kind of stories or, or ways uh, how we how we could imagine circles getting bootstrapped, and we are trying to develop this playbook of um, yeah how to locally get uh, yeah community going that again in a way, is giving each other uh, this basic income because that's what, what circuits is. So the basic income will, of course, not come from kind of out of nowhere. It will come from the people that are using, uh, using circuits. And in a way, if someone is receiving a basic income, of course, they are receiving it from their network, from their community. What is your takeaway from, like the
3: you know, it's about what three or four weeks in now uh, about the initial social graph for bootstrapping? Is it a healthy, like, natural graph, or is it, like, Martin and his friends right now?
2: Well, it's definitely well beyond uh, uh, my friends. I think it's currently uh, 40,000 accounts. Uh, There there were two parallel, fairly disconnected graphs. So uh, we actually... Started it at a local event here in Berlin. We had a we had a meeting or a meetup, or and that was al- already a process of uh, months before that we like talked to very different entities here. And there was there was um, an event was 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 fifty fifty people, and that was really kind of the at the moment Circle's network. The contract was deployed technically, technically speaking. Uh, the Circle's launch. And those are people that are really not on, on crypto Twitter and kind of not really at all in, into crypto. Uh, and then at the same time, or a few, like maybe 12 hours later, of course, or it, it went somewhat viral uh, on Twitter. And there, uh, yeah, I mean, there the graph was formed in a quite different way. So uh, there the graph formed still, I think, largely still still across people that, know each other but of course knowing each other from from twitter is i mean that that was a much more international graph or kind of a graph where people that were physically in the same place so yeah that will be interesting uh how how that will play out and kind of how meaningful those connections those uh, i i guess twitter connections can be of course the the things that can be sold yeah traded or exchanged uh Digitally, uh, I mean, th- there is of course things. And one uh, experiment I d- will, will do soon is selling an NFT or, or, or uh, like digital art or w- w- whatever uh, for circles. So of course there are things you can also. Th- that's also a route uh, for for circles uh, to go. But we are definitely very much also into the uh, very local, very concrete, very down to earth, uh, like stuff like urban gardening or farming or. Yeah, that world. One of the
3: most common things that has been said about like you know circles after the launch was the UX issues right now. Currently, like you have to like sort of like write down this seed phrase and stuff, and it feels like using crypto from like 2016 again. What was the reason for not like integrating with like you know common Web three wallets and things like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it really depends uh, uh, from what perspective. Uh, You are looking, so for someone who is already in crypto, it was weird that we would not uh, have, whatever, MetaMask support uh, and so on. But the reasons not to do that was exactly because we were targeting primarily the non-crypto users. So what we were, what we, what our goal was that a user that hasn't heard about crypto and has a phone, can pay their coffee with circles with with their phone so it was absolutely not an option to kind of require them to i don't know have metamask then to send some xdai or i mean actually like fund your account so that you that you uh, i don't know pay your gas costs and so on so on, on on this node circles is running on xdai it's basically an ethereum clone or it's basically the same as ethereum uh, but with a yeah, simpler proof of authority consensus algorithm. Who's paying the fees right now? Yeah, so the fees are actually paid. <laughs> we have a relay uh, relay network, so transactions are relayed, and yeah, kind of the circle circles wallet is is paying those those gas fees in XDAI, uh, but are actually refunded. Uh, in circles so so the user is paying the some circles some tiny amount of circles to the relay service and the relay service is paying uh, the fees next day luckily fees on next day are basically close to zero uh, so it's not not really a concern but again talking about the ux perspective yeah i mean you can i mean i of course we got the the messages from from the crypto world that they uh, would prefer kind of the metamask route but again i would argue <laughs> The UX uh in a way is uh <laughs> or made 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 quite quite some steps. So because we are again abstracting all this uh signing of transactions, we are basically using this this uh, burner burner style wallet, so your private key is um yeah in your browser. Uh so you can just press regular buttons uh uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the app basically to uh, send transactions uh, without any yeah, pop-ups, uh, Metamask pop-ups or stuff like that. One last question from my side
3: is, how does this work on like layer two system? So circle system is like existing on XDAI. You know, it's funny, usually we think of Ethereum as the layer one and then like XDAI would be like a layer two. But let's say I wanted to move some of the circles onto Ethereum how do I make a payment if all the like social graph pathways and everything were still stuck on the XDAI chain? Uh, So how do I do that? Or like, how would I do this on like payment channels? Like, have you thought much about
2: layer two systems? Yeah. So in general, I would say circles uh, can scale quite well because you don't uh, need that global state. You only uh, care about your local state, so there are indeed scalability solutions like uh, Lightning or yeah, equivalent would be Raiden that would somewhat naturally fit uh, fit for circles. The question of yeah whether you can move your 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 circles to to other blockchains, well, I think that is not fundamentally different from any other token. So yeah, you can like wrap it or lock it on the one blockchain and then issue it on the other blockchain. Of course, potentially it does make it more complicated that you have so many different uh, different circuits, and indeed, the, the circles are of course much more helpful if you if you uh, have if you can exchange them, uh, if you can uh, do them along the trust connection. But it's of course not unthinkable that that uh, you have some. I mean, even even from a user perspective that they have some tooling to just take all their trust connections and, and kind of copy them to another system and say, yeah, uh, I don't care if I exchange the circles one to one here on this system or uh, on that other system.
1: Cool. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on, Martin. Uh, maybe a final thing. If people want to get involved, they want to like help out. They love this vision, and you know, want to want to bring it to reality. What are the best ways to get involved?
2: Oh yeah, that that uh, is is super important because also uh, for people to know, circles is to this point uh, has a very small core team. So it's a project that kind of was described already. I think the first, the oldest uh, description is seven years old, but. So so there is I guess a wider community of people who somehow followed it and, and somehow are like I guess like it but the core team was actually is actually very very small or people who are working full time so it's just uh five people and doesn't have any funding and also doesn't have the interest to kind of go a venture funded route uh so yeah circles will very much depend on uh, more people um getting involved the options are numerous so, of course, uh, everyone who is a developer uh, is very welcome. We are, or there is already the process starting to uh, started to to uh, create alternative wallets, uh, probably also wallets that are more crypto um, kind of more towards uh, the crypto users. So, of course, it's principle, of course, possible to use circles with with MetaMask uh, or with other wallets. Yeah, that's number one. Number two is again we are. There is this process of of finding local communities, uh, and ideally there will be local meetup groups that yeah explore um, the option to start a local circles uh, economy. So that that will be uh, number two. Number three is we for sure are or will start launching circles DAO, just as another yeah entity. Uh, to follow and support and kind of yeah basically take place in shaping um, shaping development around um circles and then of course there is there's plenty of things uh, yeah kind of social norms that need to be developed or kind of yeah basically just discussion around what is the right use uh, and and number yeah number 5 just just be experimental so there are uh there are people that said okay let's start a round of poker with, with circles uh, i remember in the old um in the old kind of bitcoin days you had those people who did this experiment i want to live one week uh only on bitcoin and eventually it was then uh, a month and eventually it was a whole year traveling around the world uh kind of those things happened and of course then this element of is there anything uh, i can offer for circles so what we already saw is uh, just Telegram groups where people similar to Craigslist or uh, or eBay would, would sell their used, pro- probably some used stuff. Uh, what I could very well imagine is uh, an Airbnb uh, alternative that you say, yeah, uh, I, I rent out my apartment over the weekend uh, for Circles. And by the way, here also this kind of idea of, of the trust line uh, might be uh, interesting because um, at least there is the connection that if a person comes, you can kind of through the circle payment see how how you or it, it can in, to some extent establish a in some form of initial trust if you have those. Okay, I, I know them over them over them, but but yeah. So basically, just find creative ways to to use um, circles.
1: Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Martin. And I'm excited to see how the project's going to develop. I've also like signed up today and actually just now, finally, there, there, I think some of these trust authentications were like stuck for a while, but finally that's true now. So I'm excited to like try it out and play around with it.
2: Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week.